Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with New York City jazz drummer Brandon Sanders. We got into his first album as a leader in the new 2023 CD, Compton's Finest. Originally from Kansas City, Kansas, he moved to Los Angeles when he was two. He spent his formative years in Compton growing up in a musical household. His mom played the violin and his stepfather played the trombone. The sounds of jazz were a constant presence in his home. We cover all of this and so much more. Dig this interview. Brandon. Great to meet you. Thank yes. you so much for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz today. I appreciate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, when they said you were from Kansas City, you know, I was like, I felt, I knew I was going to be comfortable. Yeah, you're you're at home. It's like walking <laughs> in the gates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And walking into the Blue Room and uh, 18th and Vine and whatnot. How long has it been since you've been here? Uh, you know, I graduated from KU. I left Kansas City in 1999 and I went to Berkeley. Okay. Man, yeah. let me tell you something real quick. All right. So we're, we got the World Cup coming up. Okay. I don't know how we pulled that string. Okay. Man, I have no idea. But the NFL draft. So I've been here my whole life. Okay. I've been in different incarnations. I grew up in Liberty and I, I I slowly advanced my way. I lived in Midtown for a while. Uh, I, I'm more urban than anything. I now live in Lee Summit. Okay. Um, but I got to tell you, when I went to that draft and I saw how Kansas City responded to it, okay. it was major league. I mean, I could not believe I was at Union Station. I couldn't okay. believe I was in Kansas City. I was just totally bespeckled. This town, if you came back and saw what was going on, you would not believe it. It's like they've revitalized downtown PNL district. We got wow. light rail. It's expanding. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been Kansas City since 2008 because, you know, KU won the final four in 2008. Yeah. And um, I went, to, I came back to KU, bought me some gear. I came back to visit my grandmother at the time. Uh, and you know, had a nice time, but I haven't been back to Kansas City since then. Okay. Well, yeah, you need to come back. <laughs> you totally need to. But before we get into Compton's finest and your years in Kansas City, I want to begin with COVID. How did you survive that last three years? It was quite a thing. And how, how are you doing? How has it changed the way that you do things now? Uh, I mean, during COVID, man, you know, I basically, you know, I started working out a lot, started taking care of my health, uh, making sure that I, uh, you know, I was healthy, number one, eating better, living better. Uh, I started, like I said, working out. And I kept to myself, you know what I mean? Uh, there was no work here as far as playing wise. So I just stayed in the house and practiced all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So this album must feel really good. I mean, it's, it's a debut. It's, it's a great album. Right. It just seems like a long, long journey. So how did this album come about and how did it take so long to get to this point? You know, I mean, I always felt that I wasn't ready. You know, it's like, you know, you, you feel like you take an album like thriller or, or off the wall. Those are landmark albums. I mean, those guys are like, so stellar musicians. I always felt like I wasn't ready, but Warren Wolf, who I went to Berkeley College of Music with, told me, man, he said, the only way you're going to be ready is just to do it. And so one day, you know, uh, this past fall in 2022, I just called him. I said, man, let's, let's do it. And so I, uh, 
called Bunker Studio and I said, let's, I want to book a date and I got the musicians together. I got Jasmia together, uh, Keith Brown and Chris Lewis, Eric Wheeler. And I just said, Hey, let's, let's, let's do this album. And we did it. That's a lot of heavy cats. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we got a we got a vibes uh bias here at Neon Jazz. So okay. having Warren on there is that that's 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 right that's right on for well, sure. Well when I when I, I met Warren back at Berkeley, he uh was instrumental in giving me like some of my first gigs in Boston and he kind of took me under his wing and he was kinda like coaching me the whole time, man, you need to do a record, you need to do a record. And I'm like, man, I you know, I'm not I don't think I'm ready. And he's like, you got to get ready. And then he forced me to write some tunes and, and that's uh, what I did. And, uh, and here we are right now. Now, So what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? You know, I play music for people to feel good. You understand? I play music to uplift people's spirit. So that's the main thing that I want to get. You know, I play, you know, I used to be a DJ back in Los Angeles. So I play music to get people to pat their feet, you know, to dance, you know. Uh, so I'm hoping that list, the listener will get, you know, enjoyment, you know, a, a kind of a feel good vibe to it, you know. So in this brief discussion that we've had so far, you've mentioned New York, L.A., but it all began in Kansas City. So Pretty talk much. to me about your beginnings and how this jazz journey began for you. Well, I was born in Kansas City. Uh, my mother moved to L.A. when I was 22 months old. Uh, my grandmother used to own a, a jazz club in uh, Kansas City called the Cas- Casablanca in the late 60s, early 70s. Uh, my, my stepfather played trombone and my mother played violin. So I always had music around me when I was a kid, my grandma, my mother would send me to, uh, Kansas City for the summer. So I would spend a lot of time in Kansas City from like six years old till I was like 15. And so, um, my grandmother would always be playing the records and I would be playing the records. Um, I would come back to Kansas City for basketball camp. I would spend a lot of time at Kansas University. Uh, playing uh, basketball. So that's Kansas City is like, actually Kansas City is where I started playing the drums. <laughs> you know what I mean? I first started playing drums in Kansas City. So everything kind of starts there and then, you know, goes from there. You know what I mean? Uh, so Kansas City is, you know, part of my blood. My mother, my mother, uh, my grandmother used to tell me stories of people like Grant Green and Luke Donaldson and Stanley Turntine playing at her club in the late sixties. Uh, when I would be listening to records, she said, she would say, uh, that's Lou Donaldson on the turntable, isn't it? And I say, yeah, how you know about Lou Donaldson? She said, boy, don't you know Lou Donaldson used to play at my club? I'm like, what? Don't you know Grand Green? I got pictures of them playing at my club. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, so. Uh, yeah, she was a very hip lady, but she was into the music very much. So, yeah. Yeah. I interviewed Lou years ago and he had a lot of good memories about, you know, coming to Kansas city and he had a, he had a very deep history here for sure. Right. Right. So speaking of kind of these legendary cats and, and live shows, 
What was the first live show that blew you away? First live jazz show where you're like, man, I got to do that one day. Actually, the first live jazz show is uh, I saw Clark Terry. Wow. At at the Folly Theater in wow. Kansas City. And uh, I was just blown away by his mastery of his instrument. And I was like, man, I, you know, I want to do that one day. You know, I want to be perform. I all I love to entertain. You know, I, I since I was a kid. You know, I used to when I was come to Kansas City, my grandmother bought me a guitar, and I would try to imitate Chuck Bailey, Chuck Chuck Berry. <laughs> you know, well, you know, uh, and uh, Muddy Waters on the guitar. So I always wanted to entertain. You know what I mean? But uh, my first live show was a uh, uh, was. Um, at the Folly Theater. Wow. Man, Clark Terry has put so much good out into the world. It's astounding. Right, right, right. As a teacher, as, you know, a performer overall. Um, So how did all this begin for you? You know, when when did you have your first gig? When did you think Berkeley was in your future? And when did you say, I'm jumping right into the cauldron of all of it in New York? How did that happen? Well, you know, it's funny. I started playing the drums at 25. I was part of uh, Kansas basketball. They had a, a walk-on program. So I, my younger life, I played nothing but sports. I was trying to uh, play D1, go to the NBA. That was my first dream. But I always had music there, you know what I mean, because that was just something that I did on the side. But when my eligibility with basketball finished, I uh, the drums were at a church in Lawrence, and I was like, I went up to the dr- drums after service and I was like, man, let me figure out how to play this. And I started fooling around and then I just started practicing every day. And then within two years, you know, uh, I was a social worker in Kansas City. I used to work for the Boys and Girls Club on Truce okay. in Kansas City. Yeah. And I got laid off uh, and I said, man, I'm going to take these this this time to develop being a better musician and I applied to go to Berkeley. And then the next thing you know, I moved to Boston. And from there, you know, I met Warren Wolf. I met Kendrick Scott. I don't know if you know those names. Walter Walter Smith. You know, my first time seeing Kendrick Scott play, you know, I said, I called my grandmother and I said, listen, I think I'm going to move back to Kansas city. These guys are too good. Another level. Yeah. Another level, but it, it, it encouraged me to practice. Yeah. So I stayed in Boston and then after uh, I finished Boston, I moved to New York and I, you know, uh, kept practicing. I was working at a high school as a social worker uh, and I just kept practicing. And then I got a few gigs here and there, local gigs. Uh, and I've always been the kind of guy that if you want to be the best, you got to put yourself where the best are and you got to call them. That's how I winded up KU. KU at the time had the number one basketball team in the 90s. And I said, I said, listen, I'm going to try to go to Kansas and walk on their program. But uh, at any rate, I met people like Mike Ladon. Uh, I, I, here's a short, quick story. When I first moved here, I lived in Lewis Nash's apartment. He had an apartment in Harlem. So I, I befriended him. And we uh, became uh, good friends. And then I met people like Mike LaDon, uh, Peter Bernstein, and um, and I would try to sit in and play with those guys. So 
the, that was kind of my first gigs. When I was at Berkeley, I had a class with Joe Lovano. I don't know if you know who Joe Lovano is. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, those are like some of my first two, two, two lists of like studying with people and playing with people. Um, that's royalty, man. You're, you're, you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, those yeah. are, I mean, I, I wasn't, I don't, I wasn't ready musically and I still, you know, I'm still like, because I started so late in the game, I still feel like I'm a kid, like a little kid at heart, you know, playing, playing music, you know, uh, still learning and still growing, you know what I mean? Yeah. But those teachers with all that mileage, it's like getting taught by, from Danny Manning. You, you just, you're going to go to another level. Right, 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 right. I mean, you know, like basketball, what I learned in basketball kind of stuck with me in music because when I went to KU, I mean, my first year, I set out, I set out with uh, Rex Walters. I don't know who you know, Rex Walters. Me and him used to work out and train together. Uh, so it's like the same thing, but in, in sport and in, in music, you know, he, I mean, he was no, he was a killer, you know, he didn't, he didn't care. Yeah, yeah. he was. He was socking it to me, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So in this journey as a professional musician, what do you like the best about it? I mean, you got recording, you got live shows, you got all of these levels of promotion, but what do you look forward to every day? I look forward to entertaining people, making people feel good. You know, I mean, I wish I had a gig every day because that's what I love to do. Um, I, I don't like I don't like the downtime. You know, I always like I play a gig every Sunday in Harlem. And um, I hate when the gig ends because then it's like back to the real world, <laughs> the real world. You know what it means. But I love to perform for sure. So, if you could get into a time machine and go back and see a dream gig, any musician anywhere, where are you going? Who are you going to go see? I'm going to go see Miles Davis with Tony Williams, Ron Carter, Herbie Hancock. That's where I'm going to see. <laughs> I'll be think, right there with you. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll punch that ticket. I, I I just think. I mean, there are bands before that, of course. I mean, but you know that I just think that band just kind of like revolutionized music. I mean, all those and and, and Wayne Short. I left out Wayne Short. I'm sorry, but um, I just think every individual in that band just kind of took jazz to a whole nother level. Each, yeah. each individual in that band, Ron Carter, Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, Miles Davis, they just took the music and stretched it where it could not go. Whereas, you know, it's just like beyond, <laughs> you know, yeah, for sure. That, that, that's like my one of my favorite bands. I mean, being from Kansas City, I'm not going to lie. I love the blues. I mean, I'm like, so I'm a big Red Garland fan. So I like the yeah. first one. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a fascinated by the blues, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. That was the, the I mean that's that's the thing about the Kansas City sound. It just had that blues right, right. all right. over it. You know? Right, 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 right. So when I when I wrote Compton's Finest, I'm thinking of Kansas City with the blues. Yeah. So I, I I wrote Compton's Finest because I grew up I grew up in an area in Compton that was rough and and I used to have to walk a long way to go to school to a junior high school. And if you know LA, LA is broken down into like gang sets and it would be rough. So I would have the blues trying to go to school. So that's yeah. like cops and spiders, you know, there's the blues right here. I'm like, I'm not feeling good going to school, walking through all this 
rough territory, you know what yeah. I mean? So that was yeah. my whole like vibe of writing compass lines. Yeah. So did you go to BB's lawn side when you were in Kansas City? No, no. Only place that I went to when I I went to the blue room a lot and yeah. I went to I was always on the schedule of uh the Folly Theater. Okay. I don't know if you've been in Kansas City all your life, then you have to be familiar with this name. His name was Richard Wright, Dick Wright. He owned yeah. the yeah, that was my man. He he taught me everything I knew about jazz. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was like his, I was like his little, his, his one of his sons, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, he taught me so much about the music. I don't know if you ever had the chance to be up at KU and go through his record collection. I mean, it, it was just so extensive. I, I wow. learned so much about the history of jazz through Richard Dick wow. Wright. I mean, he, he, Bro, I, I would hang, I, I loved the music so much. He had a record collection that was so, so expansive and so, uh, deep. I would sleep at his office uh, before <laughs> he would get there. I would be like, I would be sleeping on the floor at 730. He's like, man, get up. Why are you, why are you you're here too early? My office hours are from 830 to 10. You're already here. But he, I mean, like in the early nineties, uh, when I got to KU, it was just so much. Music in his office. I just sat there every day and just listened to records all day. Yeah. Wow, that's Richard wonderful. Wright, Richard Wright is like people in Kansas City. That's that needs to be a monument about that man. Yeah, he, he has. He was so his family and they were real good to me too, man. They yeah. he had me over for dinner and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. So at the at the end of the day, why do you love jazz? Uh, jazz to me shows it's, it's an example of how the world should be. You understand? You have every every instrument in the band working together to create a beautiful sound. That's why I'm into jazz. That's why I play it. You know what I'm saying? It's like I have this saying, uh, Jim, that music is a beautiful thing. And that's why I think of jazz, like what I think of jazz is like every individual works together to create one beautiful sound. That's what I think of jazz. So let's get to you as the person. Everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you lead the charge. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Uh, I'm a man with uh, a big heart. Uh, I'm a man that loves to help people. Um, I'm funny. Um, yeah, and I'm, and I'm, I'm a typical LA guy. I'm a laid back, you know, West Coast dude, uh, that just wants to, uh, spread positivity, you know, through music and through, uh, helping people. Yeah. Right on. So yeah. Brandon, if anyone wants to get the new album, see live shows, anything about your world, where can they go? They can go to brandonsandersmusic.com. The album is on us uh, on all streaming platforms. It's on you, uh, Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, the album is streaming pretty well on Spotify right now. I have over uh, about 40,000 monthly listeners and the record's only been out a week. So I'm pretty, you know, I'm 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 pretty excited right about now. Yeah. I'm be playing 
if you're in the New York area, I'll be at uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church doing a Jazz Vespers uh, with Jasmine Horn, Chris Lewis, uh, Jonathan Cotton, and Ethan Mann. That's going to be there. And I will be performing at the Peppermint Lounge November 11th. And I'm trying, we're trying to get to Kansas City uh, sometime in 2024, hopefully at the Lead Center in Lawrence. Oh. You're yeah. trying to work that out at this point in time now. Yeah, that'd be wonderful, man. Brandon, yeah. this has been great, man. Thank you for opening up. Thanks for uh, your story. Thank you for the time. And uh, hey, man, you know, I, maybe we'll chop it up over some Gates barbecue one day. Oh, we need to. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> hey, little fast. Is Streetside Records still there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I got mixed up with Seventh Heaven. Streetside used to be in Westport and they closed right. it up. It's oh. it's a big tap room now. Yeah, man. Oh. Physical copies, it's just gone away. Wow. There used to be a record store there in Westport I used to buy vinyl from. Uh, I forget the name of it, uh, but there was Streetside. There was a yep. couple other ones that I used to go to. Yeah, it's there's still vinyl places that are around, you know. We got a place called Vinyl Underground that's over in Overland Park. But yeah, man, a lot of that physical stuff's gone away. And, and listen, I want to give a shout out to my man uh, Todd Straight. You know Todd Straight? Yeah, he moved back to Portland. Yeah, he's yeah he's he macho. Was, he, was, he, he was my first drum teacher in Kansas City. Taught wow. me all the jazz drum. Yeah, yeah, man, Todd that's, Straight. That's top. That's top shelf. Yeah, he's he 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 went to Portland and came back, and he I think he's back now in Portland now. Okay. So, yeah. Hey, man, it's been real. Thanks for listening and tuning into another Neon Jazz interview. We give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Brandon for his time, honesty, and story. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.